Success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and rarely do they talk about it because quite frankly, that's not what creates success. Join us here where we will chat with fierce female entrepreneurs and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship and talk about the obstacles we have faced and how you can overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is the She's Invincible Podcast. Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining us today. I am so excited. We have the amazing Bryn Tillman back with us today. She was with us at episode seven and uh, Bryn has so much to share about LinkedIn that we asked her to come back and share even more for our listeners. So be sure to go back to episode seven where Bryn talks about uh, why LinkedIn? Why, why would you use LinkedIn? Why did she choose LinkedIn in her business and why it's the best for what she's doing? It's really the best option. But I want to tell you a little bit about Bryn, but you can get her entire bio on episode seven. Be sure to go back and watch it. Okay, listen to that, right? Not watch it. Okay, so Bryn Tillman is the LinkedIn whisperer. She's a CEO of Social Sales Link. She's a former sales trainer and the author of the LinkedIn Sales Playbook, A Tactical Guide to Social Selling. So welcome, Bryn. Oh, thanks for having me again, Cami. I'm thrilled to be back. Yes, and it's such a joy to learn from you. You are brilliant. I think that's such a great um, description of you as being the LinkedIn whisperer. And, you know, when you were with us on episode seven, We talked about, as I mentioned, you know, why LinkedIn? There's so many social media outlets out there. There's so many different things going on and you selected LinkedIn. So, you know, that gets me thinking like, okay, how would I choose what's going to work for me? And if I chose LinkedIn, what the heck would I do? Like, where do you even start? I mean, I know you go to LinkedIn.com, right? Right, right, right. I got that part. But like after that, what the heck do you do? Well, so the first thing you have to do is define how you want to use this. And if you're a typical entrepreneur, the way that you want to use this is to uh, draw in opportunities to prospect, to start more sales conversations. And so if that's your goal, and that's pretty much kind of where I sit. So if you're looking to find a job, there's a whole other conversation to have. What we're going to talk about today is really how do these entrepreneurs really leverage this tool to attract, teach, and engage their targeted buyers. That's really what it comes down to. And so the first thing they have to do is really decide what do I want to get out of this? Do I want more conversations with prospects? Do I want to speak with more strategic referral partners? Do I want to leverage my clients to get more conversations? Um, Am I going to use this uh, as a content, by sharing content and thought leadership and build my brand, right? So 
really you want to sit down and go, okay, really, how do I want to use this? Once I've decided I want to use this for business development, here are the five or seven things I really want to use this for. Now what we have to do is define who your audience is. So you want to map out your buyers, right? So who, who do you want to talk to? Is it CEOs of companies? Maybe you're selling into human resource department. Maybe you're selling to other coaches, right? Who is it that you want to get in front of? Once you've really defined that, the next thing you want to do is select your tools. So I say that LinkedIn, we just said, uh, well, LinkedIn is our tool. Well, LinkedIn has a sales navigator account, which is a premium account. Um, I use a calendar, you do too, you, a calendar link. I use Calendly, I, I noticed you use that as well. That's a tool, now I'm teaching LinkedIn, but if we're trying to get more conversations with a targeted audience, let's make it easy for them to schedule with us. Um, I Zoom, which we are, you know, we, we use all the time, is a tool that I teach how to use even though LinkedIn is the primary in that what we're teaching. So it's really define, decide the tools you're going to use. Are you going to use a content curation tool? Are you going to use Google Alerts? Like there's so many things to decide. Um, and, and so really kind of going through all of the potential tools and making a decision. Many of them are free or cheap. Not all of them are extremely expensive like a sales navigator which I believe is still worth it, but it's an investment. So you've got to make those decisions. The next thing you want to do is decide what kind of content person do I want to be? Now I have some salespeople or some entrepreneurs that say, I'm not ready to be a content person. That's just not where I can't put my time there. Or my re and that's a decision and it's a fine decision initially down the road. I would kind of push in that direction. So, what is your content strategy? So there's a few. One of them is I'm going to be a curator of content. I'm not an originator. I'm not an originator yet, but I'm going to go out and find the best content that my audience will love. And it's out there, right? There's a ton that's out there. So maybe you're deciding my content strategy is I'm a curator of content. I know people that just share podcasts that they love. That's their, that they know that their clients or their prospects are going to get value from. It's not their own. They're curating it, but it's a great way to share content that's relevant that doesn't require a ton of work. The next one is the person who says, and you can have any combination of all three. The next one is the person that says, I'm not even going to go find content. I'm just going to engage on the content that my network is sharing. So I'm not going to even consciously or purposefully go find content. Maybe I'll use hashtags inside of LinkedIn to get some content. But my goal is to just engage with my, my first degree and my second degree connections and the stuff they're sharing. And the third one is I'm going to originate content. I am going to be an author of content. I'm going to do podcasts. I'm going to do webinars. I'm going to do mini videos. I'm going to do images. Whatever that is, you're originating content. If you go in that direction, there's a whole, right, these are, there's a whole path in wherever you decide. I go across the board. I'm doing all three, but it's what I do for a living, so I need to do that. Once we do that, we need to build out a daily plan. So what are we doing every day? 
Are we viewing, you know, who's viewed our profile? Are we looking at notifications? Are we accepting connection requests and welcoming them in our network with a gift, right? What is our checklist of the daily things that we're going to do? And what is our weekly? So maybe I meet with one strategic COI, one strategic networking partner every week. We mine each other's connections and make eight to 10 introductions. Once a week, I'm doing that. That's part of my daily or weekly cadence. Maybe I'm looking through um, my connections, connections. Maybe I'm looking through a client's connections and once a week and having those conversations, right? There's probably 150 things to choose from. Most of the people that I work with, we have five or six that we start with, right? Like we've got to make it digestible, bite-sized, and we want to choose the things that are going to get us the fastest opportunities, right? Because from my experience, if we can get a win in the first week or two, they're buying in, they're going to do more of this, right? So what is the highest paying off, you know, our highest uh, activity, you know, the payoff for activity? So once we've figured that out, and we could swap these two, but the next one is making sure before we actually implement that plan, that you've developed a resource-driven profile so that your professional brand is helping you convert your connections to phone calls, to conversations, because that's the goal. And if, it, if your profile is just your resume, it, it, it just, nobody cares. But if you could actually provide value in your profile, now you've got, you know, a, a landing page, right? It could actually be part of your funnel. <laughs> you, you know, you're providing resources. You're creating aha moments. You're, you're getting your, your audience to be curious. If you can provide value right from your profile, when you ask for that phone call or you ask for that conversation, I keep saying phone call, but all my phone calls are Zoom calls. You know, when we, so when we get those conversations, they're excited to talk to us because like, man, if I could get that much from a profile, imagine what that conversation is going to be. Right? So once we've written that, those, that value-centric profile, you now have to implement your program. And I recommend, especially as an entrepreneur, that you do this with a buddy because you need accountability. When we teach this inside of sales organizations, they have managers that are holding them accountable. But when you're an entrepreneur, it's very easy to get distracted by shiny objects, right? And, and a lot of people say, well, it's LinkedIn, it's not a priority. But if you truly want to use this to fill your pipeline with qualified opportunities in a way that you're coming in with a high level of credibility, when your client makes an introduction on your behalf, you have a 50-50 shot that that person's going to take your call. There is almost nothing else out there that has statistics like that. And if you've done your job where you've had the conversation with your client, your client clearly knows what you do because you've helped them, and they say, you know, this is someone that you might be able to bring value from, your close ratio goes way up, right? And then you're going to start to build a referral machine. And although in the beginning it seems like, I don't, when am I going to have time to do this? Once you've got that cadence going, you're going to be so excited because this is such an easy way to grow your business once you really have mastered it. So make sure you've got that accountability partner and you're looking at 
what activity is working, what content is resonating, really kind of analyze your, um, your success, right? As any coach would say, we've got to, can't manage what you can't measure, right? So we want to look at maybe in the beginning when we set our goals, we set a few KPIs, a key performance indicator. So we, ha we have um, something to measure against. And, you know, if you have a coach already, ask them to add three or four uh, accountability questions to whatever your normal uh, cadence is with your coach. Um, and I'm happy to share, if you reach out to me, I'm happy to share, and, you know, there's so many, but, you know, what are the three or four specific to you that can really help move the dial? And just give those to your coach and say, hey, I need you to keep me accountable for these four things. They'll do it. I love it. I love it. So can I ask you a question about that? I love everything you said. Um, can you give our listeners a few most important tips on how they can make their profile more attractive? Yes. So the first thing we have to do is stop telling people how we can help them and just help them. So, and, and not completely, right? So our headline needs to say who we help, right? Who do we help? How do we help them? Why should they care? But it, what we tend to do in our about summary is talk about all the things that we do for our clients. And so that means when they start to read, the first thing they're doing is they're getting pitched. So what you do for your clients, move that down into your experience because that's where it belongs. Take advantage of the about summary real estate and look at that almost like a blog post. Because if you can resonate with them and you can show that you are a resource, that you are a subject matter expert or a visionary, right? Then all of a sudden you've like piqued their interest you're, and you're beginning to earn the right for them to wanna have a conversation with you. So what could that look like? It could look like a lot of different things, but what I love is let's start with the challenge. What are they facing right now? So who are you selling to and what, you know, at the stage before they hire you, what state are they in? And let's talk about that. Cause that's how you're gonna really even uh, identify prospects, qualify the people that are reading. Cause if they're like, oh my God, that's me. She, how did she nail me? That's a prospect for you. If they're like, yeah, no, it's okay because they're probably not going to buy from you if they're not feeling that pain, right? Makes sense. So, so get to that challenge. And you can say the typical or often, not like every coach faces this. You don't want to do that because if you get a coach that's not facing it right now, you lose credibility. But you could say often coaches three years into their business stagnate. Like they, they, they cap at, they, they, um, hit a plateau and, you know, and often, 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 often. And so they might say, Oh, not me. I'm better than everyone else. Okay, great. But we didn't insult them by saying you're this way. So that's really important. Um, I say typical a lot, typically a lot, because I'm not telling that I'm not saying everyone, but what that also does is if someone is feeling that pain, they no longer are embarrassed about it because they're typical. Right. So we've sort of handled both sides. Absolutely. Makes them normal, right? They're like, oh, good. There's nothing wrong right. with I'm, me. I'm typical. Yeah. It's still a problem. Right. 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 Like, 
Yeah, it's true. Right. So once we've hit this challenge, now what we want to do is provide insights, provide real value. This is not an opportunity to say we help clients do this. This is a vendor agnostic insight, meaning they're going to get value from whatever you tell them, even if they never talk to you. Otherwise, it's really a pitch in disguise. And we don't want to do that. People are savvy. Now, the, the, the pushback I will get, the typical pushback that I will get is, well, I don't want to tell everyone everything. I don't want to give it all away. Give it all away. So I, I recently um, took, uh, if you know Michael Port, Michael and Amy Port from Heroic Public Speaking, um, Michael has a quote that's brilliant. And I've been using it for years and years, and I, I, I made sure when I just recently worked with him that I got his okay, that I can continue to use his quote now that I know him. And the quote is, give away so much value that you're afraid you gave too much and then give more. So people will buy from you because you provided value. They're not going to buy from you because you had the best pitch. I agree a hundred percent. A hundred. And that's why I love like on our podcast here is that that's what we're doing. You know, we're giving people tactical tips and value that they can take with them and apply to their life or their business and see a difference, make a change, move the needle in another direction. Yeah. I love it. Love that. I do too. You can't give too much, right? You can never outgive, right? I believe that. I do believe that. And you have to detach from what you're going to get from it. Because if you, if you're giving to get, then you're no longer giving. So just remember that, like you just have to detach from the results. So two more things I want to mention video or podcasts are great content to add to your, um, to your profile. It really allows people to connect with you in ways that no other media, blog posts, all the other stuff, it's not as much of a connection if they can hear you or they can see you. So you do that. And then in your experience section, now is the opportunity to let them know what it is that you provide. And you can actually have a section for each of your deliverables. So if you do three things or you work with three persona, you can actually break that out. You could visit my profile and see how I've done that uh, under my company. It threads it together. It looks as if it, you know, each of them is a position, but the little hack is instead of saying, this is my position, this is my offering. This is my deliverable. And then when they scan through, it's kind of like, you know, your products or your services on your website. And that's, so, but you've earned the right for now, for them to now care about that. Because you've provided value, now they are going to say, so how can Cami help me? Right? We didn't push, this is how Cami can help me. You're like, oh my God, I'm a coach and you're brilliant. What can I buy from you? Right? And that's the order. Right? That's the order. That's how we have to think of putting our, our, our profiles together. I love that. And I'll tell you why, because, you know, when you, when you're busy, like we are, right, we don't have a whole lot of time to do a lot of research and read a lot of things. And as soon as you read the first three lines and you're like, oh, they're pitching me, you're, you're done. So you never actually get an opportunity to show 
the value that you can offer unless you do it in that order. Because then they're like, oh, I like this. I want more. I want more. Who is this girl, right? right. Who, is, who is this Bryn? Like, where can I find her, right? Yeah. How can I get more? And I think that that in, in any business, I think that that's where you want to position yourself is to give them enough that you're adding value and make them want to get more. And I love it. Oh my gosh. You are brilliant. Oh, it's, it's my team my little teeny tiny niche in the world. <laughs> well, yes, but it's a, a small niche that makes a huge impact. Thank you. Thank you so much. That is awesome. And uh, you, I know you have your book out. Mm -hmm. And so I want to have you talk a little bit about that. What inspired you to publish a book? That's not easy to do. Um, yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to kind of crack the code for anyone that wants to read a book, to write a book. Anyone can read a book. If you're literate, read a book. If you want to write a book, anyone can do that too. And so I'm going to give my secret. Well, what inspired me to do that? It's an inexpensive way for a ton of people to get a lot of value fast. So that's really why I did it. It's just, you know, I can't coach everyone. Not everyone can afford me. Not whatever. I don't have time for every. The book really is a tactical guide that if they follow, including the profile and the networking and the introductions and all that fun stuff, it's all there. So that's why I did it. Number two, it really wasn't as hard as it should have been because well, I'm going to tell you how to do this. If, if you're a trainer or a coach, record yourself and get it transcribed. You can get it for free, tra any video, audio transcribed on otter.ai. So you don't, and you do not have to do this in front of a classroom anymore right? So you could create your PowerPoint and that's going to be your visuals in your book or whatever that is. Open up Zoom, get a paid account so you can record on limited time and record your book. Transcribe it, invest in an editor. That's where the money, that's you know, invest in an editor and you can self-publish. And there's so many, you could sell kindle.amazon.com or whatever, Kindle self-publishing, you can Google it you make 50%. So if your book is 20 bucks, you're making $10 a book. Number one. Number two, they drop ship it. You don't have any inventory. It's free to upload. You can get Upwork or um, Fiverr.com. You can get people, you give them the specs. It's on there for the cover. You upload a PDF for the text. And you know, for under $500 total, you can publish a book. That's amazing. That, that was great advice. We're going to bring you back to talk about being an author. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. Yes, I have your book and I have found many things like I haven't read it like from cover to cover, but there've been certain things that I've wanted to know that I've gone in and like looked it up and found different things that would help me at the moment that I needed that. So I really felt like that was a, a great tool for me as well. Well, thank you. So, well, listen, before I, I can't even let you go until we talk about this yeah. one last thing. Yes. Yeah, so we love to share more of our list of our, our, visitors with our listeners. And so, you know, what I find with working with women for over 25 years is that women tend to compare themselves and they look at other women who are successful 
and they, they look at their success and sometimes they're envious and sometimes they just compare themselves and come up short, but either way, they never see the struggle. And so, you know, we know you are so successful. We know, I know that you've worked very hard and you've contributed a lot in the world, but I don't even know your struggle. So I'd really like to share hope with these women, wherever they are in their life and their business. And we do that by sharing stories. So we're going to share, I promised our listeners when they listen to our podcast that they would hear the good, the bad, and the ugly. So are you ready for that? I'm ready. Okay. So we're going to start with the good. And so I would love for you to share a story with us that, uh, to just share some good. Well, so I have so many good stories and um, it, it's hard to pick, but I'm going to. I was teaching LinkedIn just at the entrepreneur level, not just, I love it, I still do. But I really wanted to expand my business into corporate. And I wasn't exactly sure, I hadn't built a reputation there and this was pretty early on in the LinkedIn world. Um, and so a, a woman from Aramark at the time, um, Nicole Bradley, shared in a group that they had just taken Challenger course and they needed some LinkedIn training to help implement what they learned. Did anyone have any recommendations? And um, someone mentioned me and I reached out to her and very quickly I got a message back that said, thank you so much. You're a teeny tiny company and we're Aramark. We're going to have to pass. So now you think, oh my God, that's not a good story. That's one of the bad or ugly stories. But I said, you know what? This is silly. I know how to use LinkedIn. So I looked at Nicole and I said, who does Nicole know that I know? She was a second degree connection. And so she knew um, Professor uh, Richardson at Rutgers. So who is she? She teaches a marketing class that I am a guest speaker at once a marking period. So they were connections. Great. So I reach out to Professor Richardson and I say, hi, how are you? I see you know Nicole Bradley on LinkedIn. Here's the story. How well do you know her? And she said, oh, she was my student. I said, oh, she goes, and I still keep in touch with her. So I said, is there any way you could like kind of put in a good word for me? She said, absolutely. So not only did she put in a good word, she took her to lunch, which was amazing, and said, look, I can't tell you, Aramark, who to hire, but I'm telling you, just meet with her. So I got a meeting. At the end of that meeting, they handed me the Challenger Sale book, and they said, go create a course for us. And that's how I launched my LinkedIn for training program. Uh, and uh, it was amazing. And so... It's a story that I tell for many reasons, but ultimately I figured out how to make this thing work by making it work. And all I could say is for anyone that's out there that's looking to make that shift or grow, it's about leveraging your network. And, and it's not necessarily as easy as it sounds. It's not like, oh, in two seconds I can have that conversation. That was like a two and a half, three week stay on top of it, have those conversations, right? It's, it takes work, but it's good work and it's fun work. 
And when you see the fruits of your labor, it's the only way you want to grow your business at the end of the day. It really is because it's, I only got in there because our shared connection said, yeah, gotta get in. You gotta talk to her. There's no other way I would have. And then Aramark is, continues to be a reoccurring client. I'm probably eight years, 10, eight, nine years in. I love that story. That's a great story. Thank that, you. Yes. Like talk about leveraging with LinkedIn. That is a beautiful story. I love it. So it's not really what you know. It is who you know, right? Yeah. And it's who knows you. And that's where the content comes in. So who you know really matters, but it's who knows you that matters as well. So it's that combination. Like, so you could have met a lot of people over the years. But if you're not nurturing them and they don't remember you and they don't, you're not referable, it's a lot less effective. So it, it is that combination. I love that it's who you know and who knows you. I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, that, I'm glad we started with such a great story because now we have to talk about the bad. Yeah. So can you share something with us? Yeah. And, and so it's going to be like kind of a, an ongoing as I grew my business, I would begin to partner with people. I partnered quickly with people. And, um, and I'm never going to say I made any mistakes because everything got me to where I am today. Um, but I would say, you know, if, if as you grow, and I'm still partnering with people, but I'm keeping control of my content and keeping control of um, you know, kind of the, the messaging that's going out there on my behalf. What I would say is as you grow your business, creating partnerships is really, really important. I had a few bad ones throughout, but they all taught me something. And I'm saying that they're bad. My first partner, you know, it was so hard to break up, but I love her. She's still, you know, she's still, she's a sales trainer in, in the Philadelphia area. And I, as a human being, adore her. I just wanted to do things my way and she wanted to do them hers. And she still has an incredibly successful business and I do as well. But my point in that is it can be bad for a little while if you start to pick the wrong people and the wrong partners. So make sure as you do that, you don't put all your eggs in one basket. You have very clean contracts and agreements. You understand who owns your IP you know, or who can use it and what happens if you break up. And so, the bad, the bad doesn't have to be bad because I think partnerships are huge and they're really important, but make sure when you get into them that you have an exit strategy in mind and then it, you, you won't run into sort of the um, uncomfortable situations that I've run into in choosing a few bad opportunities. Got it. That's great. That's great. Good advice. And, um, it, that, that helps people that are going to, you know, collaborate and, and do things together like that to be able to, just to yeah. know that doesn't always end well, right? Well, so if you, and I think my, my, the message I'd love for people to hear is collaborate all day long, have those partnerships, have legal agreements in place that it's very clear. So if you're bringing IP and they're bringing IP, what happens? when you dissolve or when you decide you no longer want to work together, like know that before you get into business and then it's not, you, you can leave as friends, right? What happens to the clients? 
What, you know, can they continue to use your stuff even though, you know, like what does that look like? And, and invest in a really good, it doesn't have to be an expensive attorney, but make sure you get those agreements in place and you think about what, it, what the dissolution looks like while you're still in love. It's a prenup. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Because you know what, when you dissolve it, it's like a divorce, right? So yeah. you're, you're right. It is like a prenup. Okay. So then the last thing is the ugly. Do you have an ugly story for us that, uh, that you could share with us and to inspire and to encourage our listeners today? Yeah. And this is a little more personal, um, but it has affected me personally and professionally. So um, when my boys were four years old, which is about 13 and a half years ago, I was diagnosed with advanced stage breast cancer. And they were four. And all I could think for a long time, and I was in depression and fear and anxiety. And all I could think is, you know, I'm never going to see the first girlfriends. I'm never going to see them drive. I'm never like all the nevers. And then I won't get into this too much of the spiritual side around it, but I, you know, I got a mantra for me. It was God. I believe you will heal me. It could be anything, but whenever I get into the crazies, cause you get into the crazies, I, my mantra had to be louder than the voices in my head. And all of a sudden I recognized that I can't control, I can, I can only do what I can do, but if I only have a year, is this how I'm going to live it? Am I going to live it in anxiety or am I going to live it in joy? And if I do get to live 13 and a half years, at least that's where I am today. And I got to see the first girlfriends and the cars and the first breakups. And the, I got it, you know, I, I, we're junior year in high school. I'm pretty sure I'm going to see graduations in college and I, I'm going to see all that. But, and, and I'm grateful for that. And I could have wasted so many years worrying about not being here. Right. Instead, and, and I had a lot of support to get there. So it wasn't like, hey, I woke up and decided, you know, I'm going to change the way I think because it's not easy. But when I really got the shift of, of it, just have joy as much as you can and gratitude and appreciation and love and talk over the anxiety because I still have anxiety, but my mantra is stronger. It's louder. I can talk out of it. I mean, we've all got our things, right? Like I have rituals before I go on an airplane because every time I get on an airplane, I know it's going to crash and it hasn't yet, right? Like what, I, but I go, okay, mantra, right? Like uh, picture yourself landing, picture yourself in the hotel room tonight, whatever that takes. And so it's a mindset shift. And I don't know that had I not been diagnosed with breast cancer, at the age of 37, that I could be where I am today because I already had anxiety. I already had worry, right? I had, I, you know, I, I pictured my kids running out in the street and getting hit by a car. I don't do that anymore, right? Like I had crazies. We all have them. No matter, like we've all, whatever they are, we've all got them. Most of us don't admit them, but we've all got them. And I have really done a pretty good job. Now, you know, I still fight them, but really 
understanding joy in the moment and the day. And so I'm grateful for my breast cancer, for the ugly. I'm grateful that God or the energy of the universe put this in my life because it taught me joy and it taught me to love my job. And if I don't love it, I have to change it, right? Because I need to have as much joy, 80% of it, right? It still work, right? Yes. You need to have, and so you could be down, you, you know, I, I, I didn't work for a year and a half. Like there could be a million things happening and you can still make it if you believe it. And if you don't believe it yet, get a mantra, say it enough, and you will start to convince yourself. You will begin to believe it. So that's my ugly. I love it. It's ugly and such a beautiful story and such beautiful advice to help these other women that are listening today. So thank you so much for sharing that, that personal story. And uh, before we wrap this up, do you want to share with our listeners where they can find you? Sure. I'm the only Bryn Tillman on LinkedIn so far. So that's best way to get a hold of me. My website, socialsaleslink.com. Um, and, you know, reach out. My email's Bryn at socialsaleslink.com. Reach out to me. I'm pretty good at answering. Give me 24 to 48 hours. I'm training a lot. Um, but, you know, I, I do my very best to answer everybody's questions. And I want questions because that's how I get content. When I answer your questions, I get content. I love it. Repurpose, right? You give an yeah. answer and then you go build a book, right? Build <laughs> go a book. write a book. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being with us and sharing your just the brilliance that you are carrying around with you daily. <laughs> and I feel so blessed to have gotten a little bit of that from you today. Oh and yeah, thank you. Really, Bryn, thank you. And to all of our listeners, I have no idea where you are in the world. I have no idea where you are in your life. But if you are face down on the ground, get back up, girl. Just get back up. You have one fight left in you. Get back up. You can do it. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a review and share us with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you, please stop on over to my website at camilehman.com and book a free call with me. I'd love to meet you and learn more about how I can support you. 